Hi, mate. It's Madigan streaming live from the world's most beautiful open-air prison, Sydney, Australia. Uh, thanks so much for checking out the channel. Thanks very much for checking out this live stream. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you do want to find me, you just got to search at the Brian Madigan. I'm on all those platforms listed over there. Uh, this will go up on our audio-only uh, platform in Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or basically wherever, wherever you get your podcasts, will be there. So um, would love it if you leave a like, leave a comment, leave a five-star review. We've got the live chat happening as well. So uh, feel free to contribute as we do this live stream. I'd love to hear your thoughts on a couple of the stories that we're going to be talking about. Um, so the first topic in today's Simp live stream at the moment in Australia, there is an ongoing case um, that all involves a lady called Brittany Higgins and Bruce Lerman, I think is how you pr pronounce their name. So I've never wanted to comment on this case because uh, it's basically a case that has gone, uh, that's in the courts right now. So until those things are done within the courts, I don't like to comment on them. Because I don't think it's it, you should be making comments on things uh, such as this case now. Because this case uh, all involves sexual assault, rape, um, and at the moment Bruce is on a litigious spree. And I don't blame him because what happened with his case turned into trial by trial by media and trial by the mob. So as soon as the accusation came out, he was immediately guilty in the eyes of the mob, in the eyes of the corporate media, and I hate it. When, when things like that happen. To me, it should all go before the courts first and nobody should be making any sorts of comments about these sorts of cases until it's done within the courts. So Brittany made allegations against Bruce and eventually uh, dropped, uh, dropped the allegations. And like I said, Bruce is now going through and he's tearing through everyone who went after him and said very, very bad things about him. Just realised I didn't turn my light on. There we go, aren't I pretty? Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about, one of the biggest uh, loudmouths about all of this is a lady called Lisa Wilkinson. Now, Lisa, Lisa was a sort of host for the project and she's a columnist as well. Uh, she has an insufferable husband who is a grown-ass man who still cosplays as a pirate. Anyway, forget her husband at the moment. So Bruce has gone after Lisa because she went on and basically said, you know, Brittany was telling the truth and Bruce is a bad man. So I saw this article from the Daily Telegraph. Lisa Wilkinson understood Brittany Higgins' allegations against Bruce, Bruce Lerman. Dude, I, I, I don't know if I'm getting your name right. Uh, had been fat-checked and that was her defence. So Lisa Wilkinson is not a lawyer and understood her interviews with Brittany Higgins were thoroughly checked by Channel 10's legal team, her defence has claimed. In the 23-page legal document defending Bruce Lerman, defamation's claim against her and her employer, Miss Wilkinson's team claimed she was not familiar with defamation law and would have complied with, and, with any and all advice requests from lawyers to alter her reporting. Um, first and foremost, Lisa, uh, ignorance of the law is not, is not an excuse. And here's the other thing. Uh, that's a lie as well. Because as somebody who works within the broadcast media 
although it's terrestrial radio, we all have to apply to a set of codes and practices and the same sort of codes and practices apply to you. And one of the big things that our lawyers always come across to us, it's always a top priority for them when they're, we have to renew our code. We've got to do our codes and practice training every single year. Every year we've got to do our codes and practice training. And one of the big things that comes up every single time that we do our codes and practice is defamation. So I don't believe you for a second that you uh, did not know what was going on and that you're not a lawyer. That's not an excuse. No, see, the thing about Lisa is she has an agenda. She has a narrative that she wants to push. Her narrative is men bad because we all remember her on the project. Well, some of you might not remember, but she was on the project. And one of the things that she basically came out and said, uh, because... uh, some, I think a lady had lost her life after, being, uh, after she was sexually assaulted, rapid as well. And uh, so Lisa got on the project, made a tearful um, plea because people was... The, what was being said at the time was, look, ladies, you've got to take pre- uh, precautions when out and about, especially alone, especially in dodgy areas, you've got to take precautions, you know, standard stuff that men have to do too. But Lisa was having none of that. She's like, no, no, no. How about instead of teaching our girls to be cautious, how about we teach our boys not to rape? Like it's just innate in men. Oh, yeah, I get up this morning and I've got to remind myself, better not rape someone. Way to just paint the, an entire sex with, a, with the rape brush, Lisa. So forgive me if I have zero sympathy for you if you get absolutely taken to the cleaners, this will teach you to stop pushing narratives and actually, I, I don't know, believe in the presumption of innocence. You know that, that age-old law that we've had in this country? Innocent until proven guilty? Instead of pushing your disgusting feminist agenda against us? I have zero sympathy for what might happen to you in that case. Anyway, let's uh, quickly check out what's going on with the chat here. So Mountain Stream says... Uh, uh, cosplay <laughs> equals furries these people days. I don't know. Uh, Lisa is from print media and learned to manipulate at a young age. Yeah, um, like I was saying, she she's been on the TV. She's a columnist as well. Uh, I I just I I do not care if something happens if she if Bruce takes her to the cleaner because I hope it sends a message that you should not just be pushing a narr- uh, You should not just be making widespread allegations against people who have been charged but not found guilty of a crime. I know leftists hate this idea, but you are innocent until proven guilty. Okay, moving on. Now, cast your mind back um, oh, just last week. Do you remember the whole Roald Dahl debacle? So Roald Dahl has uh, a heap of books, uh, which I loved as a kid. Uh, I pretty much read nearly all of them, and some of them I've read two or three times as a kid. They just captured my imagination. They were great. So what has happened, uh, I'll give you a quick sort of rundown on what happened. So basically, the books were set to re-release because a lot of publishers do this. They re-release books. But the Roald Dahl publisher, Puffin, uh, employed sensitivity readers to go through and make it more inclusive for today's modern audiences to push the narrative. 
And it got a massive amount of backlash because they started changing all the words and everyone, rightfully so, said, why are you changing his work? His work should remain the same. So the good news was is the backlash worked. The publishers came out and said, whoa, 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 sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. We won't be doing that. But here's the update. Just picture in your mind right now. Picture in your mind... Who, one of those sensitivity, re- who was in charge of editing Roald Dahl's books? What type of person, picture it in your mind, that wants to go through and take out exclusive language, sensitive words, and all those bad stuff? Go and think about it. You ready? Yeah, you were spot on. Why do they all look the same? So... Revealed, Roldar books were neutered by woke consultants aged 8 to 30, okay, led by non-binary, asexual, polyamorous, relationship anarchist who is on the autism spectrum. The editors who spent months neutering the works of famed children's author Roldar were led on their mission to not offend by an individual who describes herself as non-binary, asexual, polyamorous, relationship anarchist, which I just read. Uh, yeah, so this is, the, this is the person who's basically in charge of doing it. These people should not be employed at all to go over and start just absolutely butchering the works of famed authors whose art was perfect the way they are. No, no, see, it's, it's people like this who have an agenda on their hands. They hate who they are so much that they need to get validation and they need to twist and manipulate and screw society to make them feel better about themselves. And like I said in one of my previous episodes, they're not going to stop at people like Roald Dahl. They'll also be going after... They've also gone after um, James Bond. They've basically destroyed the, uh, the Star Wars franchise. Like, that's just done. Disney is hiring these people all the time. Marvel is pretty much on its last legs. They keep trying to tell people that it's successful, but ever since the end of Endgame, it's just been a steady drop downhill because Marvel are employing people like this who are there to just push a narrative. They're not, they're not there anymore to tell great stories. They're there to manipulate your thoughts and your way of thinking. So they hire people... Uh, like this, what's her name? A former project manager at the woke firm Rose Barrett reportedly posted on LinkedIn in 2022 that she was working on a secret project involving the work of a well-known children's author. And see, they're proud of this stuff. They love the idea that they get to screw with history, with culture, to shape it in the way that suits them. Hopefully... The, the, the publishers of James Bond will wake up to this sort of stuff and change their mind too. But I doubt it. These people are winning. And the only way that you cannot let them win is just stop giving them your money. 
That's the only way that you're going to fix these things. Cool. Right, getting on to the next topic, and it's always one of my favourite topics um, because it's basically what started a complete spiral of madness. Getting your booster dose is like recharging your phone battery when it's low, Brett Sutton. So Brett Sutton is the Victorian Chief Health Officer. Um, So he was one of these guys that was advising Daniel Andrews to lead the longest lockdown uh, in the world for a city. Uh, Bruce has been wrong the entire time. And he comes out now with this stupid analogy. Getting your booster dose is like recharging your phone when battery is low. No, mate, getting your booster dose at the moment is like getting a 20-year-old iPhone charger where the outer sheathing is completely frayed, the wires are exposed, and you risk blowing up your iPhone or potentially giving yourself an electric shock and, I don't know, stopping your heart. But I just want to rewind back to, uh, to our Chief Health Officer from Victoria, Bruce, in April of 2022. Getting that third dose is protection against severe illness, but also protection against getting infected in the first place. Despite two, three, four doses of the vaccine, uh, it's not so good at preventing infection in the first place. So we are getting infected. That's why we've had uh, tens of thousands of cases in this wave. Getting that third dose... So why are they still pushing it? Why is he still pushing it when he said himself that it's not working? Can anyone tell me why he's doing it? I mean, I think I know the answer. The answer is that they bought a huge supply of these things. They're about to go bad and they've got to rush them out. I'm not going to tell you whether you should or you shouldn't. That's not up to me. That's between you and your doctor. But I sure as hell, I mean, how, why would you take the advice of a guy who, who at one hand says it's not working, but you should go and take it? To me, that just sounds like utter madness. Now, swapping over to the next one. I don't know if you saw this, but um, I think it was late last year, some, somewhere around last year, a New Zealand radio host had on her program a climate activist, uh, a young girl called Izzy, Izzy Cook, and she was around about 15 or 16 at the time. And the New Zealand radio host was interviewing her, asking her about you know what her beliefs are, and Izzy was sitting there saying, uh, nobody should be travelling uh, traveling on planes is bad. You should only do it if essential. And then the, the TV host asked her, uh, where were you a couple of months ago? And she's like, oh, I was in Fiji or she was overseas. And she goes, yeah, how did you get there? And she went, I, I took a plane. And why were you there, you know, for a holiday? So she just started hysterically laughing. Well, we've had an update in this because News Talk ZB host Heather Duplessis-Allen ridicule team during the interview. So NZME was correct to, to uphold a complaint about Heather Duplessis-Allen's interview with a teenage climate activist on its News Talk ZB drive show. The Broadcasting Standards Authority has found. The BSA said Duplessis-Allen ridiculed 16-year-old interviewee Izzy Cook, a climate activist, a school striker, uh, in other words, a moron. During the interview in September 2022... 
Cook admitted that she had recently travelled to Fiji despite one of her group's demands being a ban on unnecessary air travel. Duplessis Allen's reaction to Cook was hysterically laughing and teasing the interviewee for over a minute. Uh, that's a fabrication. She didn't tease her. She laughed at her because of Izzy's utter hypocrisy and called her out on it, said, why are you being a hypocrite? The complaints against Duplessis Allen's broadcast said the interviewee breached the fairness, offensive and disturbing content, children's interest and discrimination and denigration standards. NZME agreed that because of Cook's age and potential vulnerability, the, the interview did breach the fairness standard. So what's that all about? Well, like I said, I, I, um, I'm, I work in broadcast media and we do have all these codes and practices when it comes to doing stuff on air. And basically, I'll let you know right now, is the majority of radio shows, they don't want to do anything anymore with kids at all, unless it's fun and lighthearted. Because it's, it's just too fraught for danger. But I, what I think is underlying here with, with what's going on, this is why they're using children to push these messages. Like Greta's, Greta's too old now. You remember how you couldn't, you, couldn't, um, you couldn't criticize Greta because she was just a child. She was only 16. She was only 15. Yeah, see... The people who are pushing these narratives, these agendas, these propaganda, their idea is to use children to do so because you can't criticise children. So that NZME radio broadcaster, so she gets in a little bit of trouble. It's nothing too bad, but, you know, she's going to get hammered by her employer saying, you can't be doing this stuff. It's going to screw us over. That is why that they're going to, that they're, they're telling people, that's why they're using kids in order to push these messages because they know it's a shield against any sort of criticism. Oh, you're not, you're not criticizing a child, are you? Oh, how dare you? How insensitive? You've ridiculed a child. You're insensitive. And that's how they win. So you can't let them win with that sort of rubbish. Let's check out a couple of um, responses here. Uh, she's also Asperger's, so even as an adult, we get attacked if we're saying things about her. Yeah, that's a good point. See, that's uh, what Mountain Streams is pointing out there is uh, that's the whole idea about identity, poli identity politics. It's not about your ideas anymore. It's about your immutable characteristics. That's why they sit there and they'll say that you're a misogynist or you're a homophobe or you're a transphobe or you're a sexist, or you're a racist, because the people pushing all these narratives, they want to use things like race, skin colour, uh, sex, sexual orientation, uh, disabilities, as weapons against you criticising their horrible, horrible ideas. And the only way that you can sort of win is just keep attacking the idea. And when they call you those names, just say, your labels mean nothing to me. All right. So how long, ladies, how long are you going to push put up with this? How long are you going to allow men to invade your spaces before you say something? 
How long until all your achievements are completely wiped away and everything is now just achieved by men? Here we go again. Fury as trans athlete wins women's 1500 meter event in Canada a year after breaking record for 5000 meter race for age 45 to 49. Here we go again, girls. <sighs> Tiffany Newell, 50, placed first in the women's 50, 1500 meter, which is open to women aged 50 to 54, in the Canadian Masters Indoor Championships in Toronto, which took place over the weekend. While only one other person in that age group competed, Newell has reportedly placed first in the women's events and set global records in her age category since transitioning in 2017. The recent victory, with a time of blah, 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 comes amid the fierce debate globally about whether trans women should be allowed to compete in female categories in sports. Evidence has shown that trans women who uh, who have been... <laughs> who have been? who never been through male puberty maintain their physical advantage even after treatment to lower t testosterone level levels. Uh, this is the death of your... Uh, uh, ladies, this is the death of your sports unless you speak up, unless you start saying no. And when the ladies that do speak up, you know, like the athletes, when they do speak up, you should support them. But the problem is you're too afraid because you want to seem inclusive and diverse and sensitive about all of this. And then you'll sit there wondering, where are all the women sport? What happened to it? Why isn't anyone watching women's sports? Uh, because it was overtaken by mediocre male athletes who saw, who are opportunists, who saw this as uh, an opportunity to get glory. And you'll all sit there wondering, what the hell, what, what the hell, why should I even bother anymore? Uh, checking out this chat again. I'm lucky I'm single. I say inappropriate things to trans as I walk past them all the time. If I was with someone, I'd have to stop doing it. So I, I didn't risk them getting punched <laughs> from my mouth. <laughs> uh, anyway. Now, this is where things start to get a little bit dark. There is a personality on the internet. His name is Jeffrey Marsh. Jeffrey Marsh is parading around as, I don't know, non-binary or trans, even though he's, he's got more of a beard than I do. And he speaks like this. I love you. Your parents don't love you. Come with me. I will, I will look after you. We love you. Uh, classic predatory behavior. So Jeffrey, so Jeffrey's main agenda is to basically uh, rip children who are confused about their own identities, who have been brainwashed by gender ideology. And his agenda is to... Uh, tear them apart from their family who love them, who don't want them to destroy themselves because it validates who he is. He's mentally ill and he looks at himself in the mirror and everyone is looking at him like he's a freak. So the only way that he can 
uh, feel good about himself is to pull people into his circle. So Jeffrey is getting sponsorships from tampon companies as well and all other crazy sort of stuff. But he also started a Patreon because he realized that he was getting called out for his rubbish uh, on platforms like TikTok and uh, Twitter. Like people were rightfully so heavily criticizing his rubbish. So he's opened up a Patreon. Now, Patreon, the best way that I could sort of describe this, it's like OnlyFans except without the nudity, but there are a couple of people who do all the nude stuff on Patreon. So basically, you it's like a social media thing, but you've got to pay them in order to uh, listen, look at their content. So thankfully, somebody's done some great work and screenshotted one of his recent posts on Patreon. Let's check this out. If you are attempting to figure out if you want to go no contact, let me give you a tip. Go no contact first before you figured it out. If you tell your mother, for example, you're going to go no contact and she makes it all about her. She says, what the fuck does that mean? She uh, steamrolls over your experience or your emotions. She makes it all about her. She tries to manipulate you with guilt. That is really valuable information about how to proceed. If you go no contact and she says, I love you very much. I respect your decision. Please take as much space as you need. I'll be working on myself and I'm ready if you ever want to have contact again. That's helpful information too. Give it a shot. What the hell is he talking about? Jeffrey Marsh recommended that kids cut off contact with their parents. Oh, Jesus. It's cut off contact, no contact with their parents. And also say that if parents are upset about being cut off, then it's uh, just more proof that they should be. Classic groomer manipulation. Uh, Matt Walsh is spot on there. Jesus, I, I was thinking there for a second that no contact was about... Because that's what maps use. Minor attractive people. That's one of their terms. I'm a no contact map or something like that. Non-offending or... So that there is classical cult behaviour of a cult leader. And people are propping this guy up as something fantastic. What he's doing right there is telling children, because he's got the children's ear, because people are pushing children towards him. He's, he's trying to rip them away from their family. That is what cult leaders do. That man is evil. And nobody wants to say it. I don't know what to do. If you have children, get them off the phone. I guess that's the only way that you can solve this. Because there's predators around every single corner. And the worst part about it is, usually when we knew that there were predators around, we had a message to kids, you know, stranger danger, you know, run home. Uh, we had the little safety house. Um, stickers on letterboxes, you know, where kids could run to, they could run to schools. The problem now is 
those in charge are actually pushing kids towards the predator. <sighs> That's insane. <laughs> What's with the young girl screaming out in the background? <laughs> yeah. That's a damn, damn good question. Who the hell knows? All right. So sort of going to wrap all this up with jumping over to one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Clown World. And I don't mean to end on such a sort of disturbing note. But it's just getting worse and worse. Why are parents taking their children to these events? I'm going to mute the audio because I, I'm pretty sure they use um, music in this and I don't want to get a copyright strike. So if you're just listening along to the podcast later on, there is a man in F me boots, um, short shorts in what I would call bondage gear, doing some sort of hanging display and there's all these mothers with tiny tiny babies around them it's a sexualized display but there's not only just babies excuse me there's also toddlers and younger younger style and younger kids why would you take your children to this Why are you taking them to a strip show? Like, wouldn't you be disturbed if I took my son or daughter to Butter Bing and said, oh, no, it's fine. They're keeping their clothes on. But they're doing their sexual dances up there. And just take note of something as well when it comes to these things every single time just want you to check out the demographic of the audience one thing i aut- or automatically notice there's no mother uh, sorry there's no fathers here and they're all predominantly caucasian so i'm just continuing okay look how is that not any different to a stripper at, a, at what you would call a classical strip club that men go to. The dude is wearing a leather thong G-string is the right terminology, by the way, Americans. Well, oh, hang on. Whoa. Okay, I've spotted one. One man. Dude, you should be ashamed of yourself. But just not see how is that any different to a stripper? Oh, because it's inclusive, it's diverse. But yeah, look again the demographic of this audience all Caucasian. I don't see any other demographics in there, and I wonder why. Oh, it's because we're such good people. We can all high-five each other after this, after we go get our lattes and say, aren't we good people? We're so virtuous. It's not the only one, though. And again, oh, I have to turn off the audio. There it is. 
or little kids, all Caucasian women. This is a, that is a stripper move. I know because I've seen it myself. This dude's got his bare ass for every single child to see, and they're all applauding. Oh, it's fantastic. We're such good people. This is adult entertainment. If you want to go see this sort of stuff as an adult, I've got no issue with you, and I've got no issue with what this sort of stuff is. For adults, he's shaking his ass for them. That's twerking. That is a sexualized display. Why are you taking children to see this? And I understand. I know what I'm going to be called. You're going to throw the phobe at me. I don't care. I don't care about your label. You should not be exposing children to that. Just like you would say that I'm sick. I would expect the police knocking at my door if I took my son or daughter, young son or daughter, toddler, into Bada Bing, into Showgirls. They would be asking me, why are you showing your child sexualized content? But for some reason, this gets a pass. And I've said this before in previous streams, the only way that that stops is if the LGB community starts speaking out more and saying, enough, stop it with the kids. Our culture is for people who are, that. when I say our culture, I'm talking about that sort of displays. That's for adults. Leave the kids alone. Uh, some form of BDSM, Shubari, I don't know what that is. Getting them desensitized to being tied up. God, that's, that's disturbing, mountain streams. I sincerely hope not. Oh, man, I didn't mean to end on such a black pill to finish off the stream. <laughs> oh, make it stop. LGB community, please make it stop. Call them out. It is actually up to you. Because I'm just going to get... Yeah, I've already said it. Ugh. That's my brain whenever I see that stuff. Then later I'm smacking myself in the head against the wall. Anyway. All right, mate. Thank you so much for checking out the live stream. Thank you so much for checking out the channel. Hopefully, if you're watching this at some time later, I will have earned your subscription. Uh, leave likes, leave a comment, and we'll be doing this every single Saturday at 11 o'clock, Australian Eastern Standard, Daylight Savings Time. God knows where we are with that sort of stuff. <sighs> I have W2EF face all day these days. I don't blame you. But anyway, today's going to be a good day. The NRL has begun. I'm off to Brookvale Oval to go watch the Manly Seagulls. Hopefully... Hopefully get a win after what was a horror season last year. Oh, please, 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 please give me a win. All right, guys. Are we done? Yeah, we're done.